Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spark Creators. I'm your host, Lee Zen. Today, it is my greatest pleasure to invite Dr. Brian Barnes. And he holds a PhD degree in interdisciplinary humanity and an MA in philosophy from the University of Louisville. So, Dr. Barnes, and I'm going to just call you Brian, as you uh, said earlier, prefer. Yeah. So maybe you will give a little introduction about yourself, and we'll get started from there. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Lee, for having me on the podcast. I'm just really excited that uh, you you would include me. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, great. Uh, I hope that all of the people out here who are watching your podcast are, um, you know, really interested in critical thinking, or this will probably get boring really quickly. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in philosophy. Uh, I'm interested in education. Uh, I, I teach not only at the university of Louisville, but also for the foundation for critical thinking. Uh, I teach at a, uh, a local campus of Indiana University. Um, I teach at a local college called Bellarmine University. So I'm really all over. I teach in Panama uh, twice a year um, at the Quality Leadership University down there. And my main things that I um, that I teach about from my you know background, as you mentioned, in philosophy and also in interdisciplinary humanities. Um, I also am a veteran of the U.S. Army. Um, I worked for the um, the National Security Agency for a little while um, at the end of my government service, um, and so I have some uh, some work background in these areas. Actually, just earlier, I was talking to a friend who is a parent. And uh, I was telling him that I'm going to have a chat with you, you know, about critical thinking. He was like, oh, I will definitely check it out because, you know, it sounds very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we will start, I think, with the very, you know, beginning part and maybe dive deeper. So hopefully this is very understandable and also approachable, you know, from a parent and kid's perspective. So, yeah. So hopefully it's very interesting for them. Definitely. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm a parent of one uh, who's now... Uh, 19. And so um, I do have a, a sense of some of the developmental pieces and how, at least as a parent, you can think about some of those. But I mean, I don't know that I'll have a lot new to offer. I'm certainly happy to. From your introduction now, I can also tell like critical thinking for you is really a type of, you know, thinking and it can be involved and uh, translated into every aspect, you know, everything that you do. Definitely. Yeah. But um, since our podcast, you know, is targeting for kids and parents, I would love to know uh, some of your childhood stories. What kind of kids were you back then? I would say I had a very happy childhood. I wasn't very critical of very much. Um, I was very sheltered and privileged in a number of ways. Um, my my father was a journalist. My mother was a teacher. Um, and, um, you know, I really cared about education, but I didn't, I didn't know very much about being educated. I, I knew about 
stuff and I had a lot of content and, and I was rewarded when I learned content. Um, and that was terrific for me. But I also just had, um, you know, I had a lot of interest beyond uh, content. I was interested in process. I was interested in um, sort of the nuts and bolts of, of thinking and how it influenced culture and how people might make decisions based upon uh, cultural cues, for example, sometimes without, you know, sometimes unthinkingly. And when I got to college, I started looking into this a lot more. And um, it took me to Japan for a homestay um, while I was in college. Um, and that was where I really became super interested in the nuts and bolts and the thinking that went into martial arts. Um, mm -hmm. That was one of the things I was there to study. And that's been something that I've continued to work on a lot over my life. I mean, in terms of martial arts uh, practice or skill or whatever, I mean, gee, there are so many really skilled people. When you talk about children mm -hmm. working mm -hmm. with thinking and parents, that's, that's really a message that I try to give, not only for, I mean, just anybody who doesn't know what's going on here. As soon as children become capable of turning their thinking into an object, of doing self-reflective thinking, metacognition, they mm -hmm. should be doing it. They should be thinking about their thinking about everything. If they don't like a food, why don't they like the food? Um, if they don't like an activity, why don't they like the activity? And ask the children to really think about and report on what they observe in their own thinking. That was something that my parents did with me a great deal when I was young, and I'm not sure exactly why they did it, but it is something that has helped me as I've gotten older and I've tried to work on my thinking processes. Um, we use a shorthand definition. There are longer ones, but I have a shorthand definition of critical thinking if you want me to toss it out. Yes, definitely, because that's my next question. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. Um, so in terms of critical thinking, like how would you define it? And especially you just talked earlier, it is not related to, you know, like mathematical, statistical type of uh, way of calculating, you know, but then as a scholar in this field, um, yeah, first, how, do you, how would you define critical thinking? And also, why do you believe in critical thinking so much that leads you to this uh, path? Sure. Well, let me start with the second question first, really. I mean, I believe in this if you want, because it works. I mean, I, um, this is not a, um, this isn't a holy thing for me. This isn't a, a cult of personality for me. This isn't, um, I hate to say something bad about my bosses at the foundation or else I'll get fired. This is none of that. This is me as a professional coming to this kind of, you know, in, in mid-career going, oh, wow, this is a better way to do it. And it's been out there for 40 years, um, but just people have not been using it in, in a large part. Uh, because, um, you know, my teacher, even though at the foundation, Richard Paul, um, he's recently deceased. Um, he's the guy who came up with this system and, and founded the foundation. He's trained a handful of us over the years, include the, including the people who run the foundation now, um, in his methods. And his methods are very common sense, and they're derived from philosophical classics in the Western tradition, um, many of which are mirrored in other world traditions, by the way. I mean, simply because they're in the Western tradition doesn't mean that these, these structures don't apply to thinking across the board. You know, um, when someone would ask me a question, which rarely happens, but something like, if you're trying to think through a brand new topic, what's your intellectual system? 
if you have a brand new problem that you've never encountered before, what, what's your first intellectual move? What do you do? And then what's your second move? And then what are, you, what, are the, what are the intellectual structures that you appeal to when you're doing that original thinking that you've never mm -hmm. done before? That you have to rely upon whatever you've already got in your head. I and most others, I would say, really don't have an answer for that. And so what this does is it gives you structures for analysis. It gives you, it gives you structures for assessment. It gives you structures for intellectual habituation. It gives you structures for ident bias, identification, and if you want, elimination. It gives you structures for building communities of critical thinkers. It gives you structures for infusing critical thinking in whatever discipline you want, right? All those structures are available to this. It gives you structures for designing critical thinking-based systems, whether it's in your office or your governmental program or your military unit or your, uh, you know, your reading group with your buddies, like whatever it might be. So the structures are there, um, and that's what I really appreciate about this is that all of the structures are explicit. That's great because I was just actually about to ask, since you mentioned the structure a lot, whenever, like, like to answer the question, right? Like whenever you approach new, a new problem, then what would be the basic structure of the type of thinking that you have to go through, right? So you mentioned several and this is like, but this is just like basically a guideline. Like it's not the must go through step. Sometimes maybe you generate more thinkings around or you have other ways you have never analyzed or follow the structure, but you can still use it as part of the thinking, right? That's right. Yeah. Crit critical thinking is based in evidence. Mm. Critical, thinking, critical thinking is evidence-based thinking such that you could take the thinking apart and look at the pieces and figure out how precisely you're doing analysis, what its quality is, and then what the intellectual habits are that you're perpetuating within yourself and others. I mean, that and how that maybe contributes to society at large or to your job or work environment or, or relationships or whatever. So all, all of that can happen based upon what we're talking about here with regard to learning this stuff, right? The, 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 the first issue, as I mentioned before, is self-reflection. And then it's a question of, can I use a couple of basic tools? So if you have other basic tools, for example, I would say as a scholar of critical thinking, I would say that in the, again, sort of not counting um, contemporary approaches, for example, from China, India. Um, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with those, although I know there are efforts in critical thinking happening there. I just don't know them in detail at all. But I would say, you know, in um, Europe, North America, South America, Australia, just for example, um, North Africa right now to maybe a little bit, um, I would say maybe 15, 16 bona fide critical thinking systems a few of them academic, maybe a dozen of them academic, maybe maybe four or five that are non-academic that come from corporate corporate entities or private individuals, all of which are quite quite functional as critical thinking systems. And I've written about some of this in my dissertation. That's a couple of years old now. There are better things out there since then. But at any rate, I think that there are some. I think that there's a lot of stuff out there you could use. I'm just saying I like this one because I didn't have any of that. I had a background in the Western tradition, but in terms of, okay, so how do I stop and think about my thinking? How do I improve my thinking in the conversation I'm having right now? I didn't have a lot of good examples for that. I couldn't just point to specific tools that would always work no matter what I was working on to help me do better thinking. And that's why I like 
critical thinking because it makes all those moves explicit. Um, mm -hmm. It tells, you know, because thinking is always hidden. And so critical thinking makes those moves explicit by showing what they are. And we do that, you know, through writing and speaking and engaging in dialogue and, of course, demonstrating our actions, stuff like that. And some of the intellectual habits that we encourage people to build, we call them intellectual traits or, or virtues in our literature. Um, that stuff, uh, if you'll take those intellectual habits seriously, they can help you become a better thinker uh, over time. Uh, just, just like playing tennis, basketball, push-ups, shooting pool, mm -hmm. they're really the same thing. That was a question that I, that I, think, um, I think that you mentioned that you might ask about, you know, can you develop this skill? And I say it's absolutely a developable, a developable skill, right? You just mm -hmm. have to have, just like so many other things, high-quality practice will lead to high-quality outcomes. We can have terrible practice in things that are not really critical thinking, but they claim to be critical thinking in order to get our money or our loyalty or, or our time or whatever um, and not have good outcomes. But if we have high-quality stuff, I think the outcomes are immense. Mm -hmm. uh, the emergent properties for the human thinker are really, um, are really outrageous from my point of view as a person who teaches online classes all over the world and then lots of classroom face-to-face -face stuff with all levels of students. I mean, I'm just really amazed with the power of critical thinking if people take it seriously. Yeah. So I hear a lot of, you know, like a background and even like um, a lot of things are involved into critical thinking. They are into critical thinking, including the structures, you know, a lot of method you can apply, Western and Eastern philosophy and stuff. But back to your like first question, how would you define critical thinking as a scholar in this field? Like if you have any keywords or very important things, you know, to share, what, it, what would it be? Because, okay, from an outsider, I can share something, you know, like, I feel like what critical thinking is, is usually um, be critical, you know, like be critical about things you hear, things you learn and things you see, not follow the norm, not follow like maybe what the culture and society had taught you, but maybe have your own independent thinking to evaluate and judge what is going on and then make your own decision. So uh, that's like how I understand it in this way. I don't know, like maybe you, you have a way better definition than that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about way better. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all, Lee. I mean, the one thing that I would say is it, what you're talking about could very easy, easily turn into a skepticism. Yeah. I actually thought maybe critical thinking is related to being skeptical about things and doubting the right answer all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. I think it is related. And I think that, you know, in addition to like the stuff that we do at the Foundation for Critical Thinking, where I, where I, where I you know, do a lot of my work outside of the universities, there are some really cool organizations like um, the James Randi Education Foundation, Skeptic Magazine, which also has a presence on, on the internet. These are non-academic, more popular approaches um, to critical thinking that are usually based in the idea that um, a lot of folks are trying to fool us. Like a lot of folks are trying to get us to visit their haunted site for a couple of extra dollars or something, all these kinds of things. So these other people, they take the label of skeptic in order to go in and challenge those thinkers. And I think there's a very robust literature and bunch of action over there. So I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a bad approach to critical thinking at all. Mm. Mine's a little bit different. Um, just in that, um, 
we're always going for we're always going for the evidence and we're keeping the process on the surface. So I'll give you a I have a more academic definition that I think is probably too much, but let me give you one that I think is really easy to digest. Yes. It's not super academic, but people can remember it and they can, they can since all of us are thinkers and all of us are already doing critical thinking implicitly, we're already doing it. We just don't know the names of the moves or how to organize the moves or what the most efficient ways. So I think that once people Get, get the definition, I think they'll be able to then try to create um, uh, their own moves with this. So critical thinking is thinking about your thinking while you're thinking in order to improve your thinking. Wow. Okay. Critical thinking is thinking about your thinking to improve your thinking while you are thinking. All right, for thinking in the process. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, of course, you want, so, so you're thinking about your thinking. That's the self-reflective part, right? While you're thinking, so that's in real time because all of us already know about, we get back to the elevator and we go, oh man, should have said something else, right? Um, yeah. So we want to be able to do it in real time so we can really be more functional in our communications. And then the goal should always be improving my thinking. And this really takes us to the diff another important difference, I think, between the critical thinking system that I work with from Richard Paul and, and the other critical thinking systems that are out there. And that's that in order to demonstrate the highest level of critical thinking, most systems will rely upon outcomes. So they'll look at, ah, well, how many problems could you solve of a certain complexity, et cetera. You know, can you use a variety of skills effectively? These kinds of things. We would classify all of this as um, high level critical thinking skills, right? There are skills there. But we also make a distinction um, that's rather relatively subtle, but it's, but it's very important for distinguishing our approach from other approaches. Uh, and that is for us, the highest level of critical thinking is critical thinking that's done with an eye toward fair mindedness. So for, from our point of view, that means that um, I am always going to try to include all available points of view. I'm not going to try to be arbitrary in my decisions about what information is valuable and which isn't. I'm going to analyze everything. I'm going to evaluate everything to the extent possible. And in that way, I'm not just excluding some thinkers or ideas without good reason. I can have a very high skill level. But if my goal is always to win, as opposed to seeking the truth, then we think that's not the highest, the highest uh, form of the art, if you will. We would say the highest skill level is someone who always seeks the truth, even if he or she doesn't always find it as a, yeah. matter, of, as a matter of process. Yeah. And the difference between this type of thinking to what you just said, skepticism, is that when people are being skeptical about things, they can be argue, you know, like arguing or just doubting about everything people says, right? Yes, just for the sake they're winning the argument, not say for the truth. Yeah, and I've I, I've learned, you know, people sometimes have the tendency to do that. Yeah, but it's very eye opening to hear that critical thinking is not about you against the, like against the social or 
cultural, even other people thinking. It's about your own thinking. So it's like a battle within your own mind where you realize the way how you think, so that you can gather more information to analyze about that thinking in order to improve the thinking. Yeah. No, no. Let me just clarify one thing. It is also sort of a battle against society and against others.、Um. We have these hidden biases that is, that are in our thinking that we have to learn to pull out, because if we don't do that, they operate like filters, and they、Got、cause、it. us to make decisions unconsciously and often irrationally. Um, because we just already know about these kinds of people, or we already know about this issue, or we don't need to examine this again because we're confident without good reason on this or that topic. So、yeah. that's, that's something that、um, I just want to I just want to make clear that we can definitely have those errors in there. So from this, actually, I'm interested in knowing. About like what is the difference? Do you think between critical thinking to some kind of analytical thinking or creative thinking? You know, because all of them are type of thinking where you know you don't want to be like singular kind of linear way of thinking about one problem. You want to expand your thinking into variety of ways, and then you figure out you know what is the best or things like that. Yeah. So, do you have any opinion about that? Oh sure.、Um, well, first of all, I would say that you know critical thinking contains an analytic aspect. I mean, we want to、um, analyze our own thinking and the thinking of others. I mean, I keep coming back to the to our own thinking because I know my own thinking the best. You know, I mean, I can lie to myself, but I can also know that I lied to myself, right? Whereas often it's it's a real challenge to figure out if other people are lying to me, right? Some people are very skilled in this area,、um, and so. Um, when I am when I am trying to look at whatever thinking, I can always break it into pieces. And so, at a basic, we're sort of going off of a、uh, maybe a gestalt、um, approach to analysis, sort of、um, breaking thinking into pieces, analyzing the pieces, and then looking at the ways that they fit together to make the whole, and then what the emergent properties are that come out of that. That's kind of the basic process. And of course, you can do that with any thinking, whether it's it's your own or others.、Um, and in the creative process. You can do things like set specific purposes for yourself. You can explore different aspects of your thinking about an artistic medium. What if, what if instead of always being focused on questions, for example, you spend some time focusing on、uh, central concepts or assumptions? What if,、um, what if you took your artistic medium, whatever it is, and you, and you tried、uh, different standards for measuring it? What if you try to be as clear as possible, as opposed to being as accurate as possible? What if you, what if you explore depth, or what if you explore logicalness, or perhaps it's opposite? I mean, the tools you can certainly use them for that, and then you know there are other tools as well. I mean, it's just a matter of of, of taking the time to figure out how. You can shift your thinking because often we don't even do explicit analysis. So that right there can be its own creative process. But、yeah. when you talk about doing explicit analysis, you end up with、um, an opportunity to look at your creative process and figure out what the pieces are that exist now and how you can change those pieces in order to be truly creative. I mean, we call it thinking outside the box or whatever,、um, and there are a lot of people that, that talk about methods for that. But、um, you know, we would say that when I am doing analysis, it's easy if you have a template like you know, like we use a sort of this eight-part approach. If you have that, then you can 
often find pieces that you've never thought about before within your process because you normally only focus on two or three parts of this maybe. And so now suddenly there's more for you to think about and that promotes creativity if you're already deep into your process as you see it from a slightly different point of view. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would say the, the critical thinking process when it's tied into creativity can be endlessly limited, but we have to know how, we have to know how to get outside of the thinking that we normally do. And then we also have to know, I mean, I think to be truly effective, we have to have some kind of a goal because the critical thinking process can proliferate itself endlessly. Yeah. Right. And so while that's great for brainstorming, perhaps great for team building, great for a lot of other processes, if I'm trying to actually come up with something in particular, even if I don't know what it is, <laughs> um, it's nice to um, set some standards for myself. So at least I have a sense of what it is I'm shooting for. And the critical thinking process can also help me with that aspect. And it's very interesting when you are talking about the creative process, you use a lot of questions. What if, what if, and what if, and that's exactly how you're trying to break yourself from your comfort zone and uh, getting out of the box and thinking another way. What if this, what if that, you know? So yeah, that is, that is uh, actually, it's a very important keyword for creative thinking, right? Creative thinking. And I can't believe uh, this is very, actually very interesting. And we are still at the definition part about critical thinking. Now, let's dive in into a little more practical aspect yeah, about critical thinking. And if you were say, um, what can make a good critical thinker, right? So what are some qualities like a person can have in terms of being a good critical thinker and uh you know, if like say someone say, oh, I'm, I, I don't think I'm that good at critical thinking, then are there ways like they can train themselves? As you said, they are. But then what are some ways that they can help themselves to get better at critical, critical thinking? Yeah, 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 sure. So um, one thing I would, I, would, I would give you one structure, one set of structures that would help answer both questions. Um, and that's what we call intellectual traits. So critical thinkers um, have characteristics that will help them return to good thinking consistently. So that's really the key. Um, when my thinking gets difficult, can I return to a place in my thinking where I'm stable and I can then build out from there again? I can start fresh. I can catalog what I've learned, whatever. And then do I have an organized process for sort of um, keeping up with my thinking, right, such that I can get the most benefit out of it? Um, so the intellectual traits are characteristics that people can look at. There are lots of um, structures that go by this name, but again, if, if people were to go to criticalthinking.org or something like that, um, they would find, well, actually exactly that, criticalthinking.org, they would find the set of intellectual traits that I'm talking about. There are eight of them. Um, and um, they're related to moral traits in a certain sense, but they're very particular. So for example, I'll just run through them very quickly. I mean, there's quite a lot of information about them, but I'm not going to bother with that right now. But um, each of these has multiple aspects to them, but, but I'll just give you a, a brief sense. So intellectual humility, for example, and a critical thinker will want to be intellectually humble because a person who's intellectually humble will recognize that sometimes they're wrong that sometimes everyone is wrong, that there are limits to their knowledge um, and that um, those limits can be located. That makes me a better thinker, 
That's why I would want that because then I know what I don't know so that I can do a better job learning. So that's, um, that's, that's something that intellectual humility would provide. Um, intellectual courage is an idea that um, sometimes I've been warned as, an, as a thinker to stay away from certain ideas because they're dangerous um, or that they are absurd, perhaps not worth my time as a thinker. But if I'm, intellectual, if I'm intellectually courageous, I would de determine those things for myself. I would go ahead and explore those ideas. It doesn't mean I need to act on the ideas in any other way, but it does mean as a thinker, I should, uh, I should reject authority telling me what the best ideas are right? Which brings me to intellectual autonomy, right? Uh, critical thinkers are intellectual aut autonomous. They should be deciding what to think about and when to think about it, which is often very difficult because of the power of authority um, in our lives and in many cultures um, and in many education systems trying to uh, oppress and suppress critical thinking skills. I mean, people go, oh gosh, why aren't these skills taught at an early age? And you go, well, because then um, it would be so hard to control the people. I mean, it's just so hard to control the people um, once they're, uh, once they display these characteristics right so um intellectual empathy um super characteristic right because it's not about empathy so much about feeling what other people feel it's about developing the characteristic of thinking how other people think can i mimic other people's thinking to the point where i can do original thinking in their thinking form and if I can do that, that gives me huge insight into the ways that they think, because I've literally learned to do that myself. That builds intellectual empathy. I literally know how they think on a given issue. And that really builds a sort of community, right? Critical thinkers want that because it helps me get more deeply into other points of view, particularly points of view that I might find otherwise very difficult to get into if I don't, if I don't kind of take this approach. Um, intellectual integrity, you know, a recognition that, um, you know, I have been wrong and that I am going to be wrong in the future and that everybody's, um, everybody's in the same boat with thinking, right? That thinkers are, have consistent characteristics. Um, everyone should be held to those same standards. We shouldn't be playing favorites. I shouldn't say that I can be weak in these areas, but other people can't be weak in these areas, something like that. So intellectual integrity, intellectual perseverance. Um, when I start to become a critical thinker, people will try to shut me down. They don't want me to change. They don't want me to stop participating in the activities. They don't want me to uh, rethink my life. They don't want me to... Um, rock the boat in terms of community perhaps or the power structure or um, you know whatever systems exist so they'll try to shut me down um, and uh, then the question is do I get shut down or do I persist when I'm trying to think something through that it's important that I, I believe is important to think through uh, maybe like my own education um, so that leaves me you know, for us only two left intellectual curve or I'm sorry, uh, confidence and reason, which is the, uh, the recognition that the best outcomes are going to be accomplished through uh, my adhering to reason and looking at evidence and trying to use those tools for determining what's actually real. Um, and then uh, fair mindedness, which I mentioned before, which is, you know, trying to keep my own vested interests in check when I'm doing thinking, because it's very, very easy for me to interpret situations such that they represent my own interests, as opposed to um, representing the truth of the situation. Now, what people can do with these characteristics, these traits, is they can, they can have them somewhere and they can refer to them. And then they can ask themselves in self-reflection, well, how'd I do today? 
in that conversation I just had on the phone, like, like, did I hit any of these? If you go and look at the literature, I mean, often these are presented with their opposites. So we have intellectual humility there, but the opposite of that is intellectual arrogance. And some people are like, well, maybe I don't quite understand intellectual humility. It might be because you are already intellectually arrogant, right? That would be a good reason why you don't understand. And so sometimes people can come to these, you know, if you're not, if you don't display intellectual integrity, you would display intellectual hypocrisy, which again, a lot of people are more familiar with some of these other concepts, narrow mindedness, as opposed to empathy, cowardice, as opposed to courage. courage. Yeah, because again, the Again, they're all intellectual characteristics, but they still take me um, deciding to do an extra step and to be a thinker, which is different from the other thinkers that are there. Someone who's not going to just accept things blindly, which is, of course, what we're always encouraged to do. Don't rock the boat. Go along till you get along. Fake it till you make it. I mean, the critical thinker is skeptical of these things, although all of those characteristics are also sort of offered with the caveat that, um, uh, uh, you know, opposing authority, the penalties for nonconformity is how we put it in the literature, uh, can be severe. And mm-hmm. so thinkers should also think through like, yeah, okay, I understand. I see through the lie here that the government's telling, but then should I act? Well, maybe the answer is no. Maybe it's excellent from the point of intellectual courage that you saw through the lie. Mm-hmm. But if, then acting on that gets you killed or imprisoned for the rest of your life or something like that. Well then maybe not the best thinking, right? So we're not going to always advocate action based upon the thinking, but of course the two are deeply related. That's what people can do. They can do more things. They can do more complicated things, but they can do these two things. They can take their thinking apart into those eight parts. I, I mentioned earlier elements of thought or they can look at these eight characteristics, intellectual traits, and just compare their own thinking on any given issue or, on any, or in any given day to these characteristics and then just see how they did. And yeah. if they try to emulate these with regularity, the thinking will improve. I mean, trying to be a person who is consistently concerned about multiple points of view vis-a-vis fair-mindedness yeah. Well, make me a better thinker, even if I don't really care about being a better thinker. I mean, just doing that will make me a person who's more likely to seek alternative points of view and not make a decision until I get a diverse bundle of evidence. That makes me a better thinker, whether I care about doing that or not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you said all these eight uh, module, eight like way methods are listed from criticalthinking.org, right? So people can find it. Yeah. So is there a specific name? Oh, intellectual traits, yeah, for critical thinkers, yeah. Great, so for those who are listening, if you wanted to actually dive deep and also note it down somewhere, um, we will definitely link all these traits yeah, in our you know episode show notes and also yeah, the criticalthinking.org, the website, yeah, where we are going to find all these things, yeah, that's great. This is all these are great because it's very practical now getting into a way where people can practice and also analyze about their own thinking using this method to guide them. Yeah. So now let's talk about like, say, uh, you said that you have one um, child and who is in their high school age right now, right? Yeah, this just finished. Yeah, just finished. Okay. So um, along the way, being a parent like yourself is a, a scholar in critical thinking. And have you intentionally, you know, like be very aware of 
cultivating critical thinking for your own child. And then, if other parents wanted to do so, and also maybe using some ways that they can like guide their child to be a better critical thinker, what how would they you know do it? And including the modules and you just talk about, and maybe is there a better way like for young kids who might not understand what is humility, you know, what is like courage and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of tools actually for that.、Um, one is、uh, if people just get on YouTube and they look for critical thinking for children. There's a video series on YouTube、um, called Critical Thinking for Children, put out by the Foundation for Critical Thinking, and it has three characters、um, in it:、um, selfish Sam, naive Nancy, and fair-minded Fran. These three、oh. children. They're elementary school age children, and they they each talk about their own thinking in very easy to understand terms, very simple language,、um, and they connect that back to, you know, ideas like taking my thinking apart and looking at its pieces and considering other people's feelings and their point of view and using evidence instead of just going with my feelings. You know, these kinds of really basic moves, and it's designed for children. And so I absolutely recommend that because it's free. Definitely,、right? yeah. And there's a book、uh, through the Foundation for Critical Thinking that people could get to follow up with that、um, if they wanted it. But really, I mean, parents can do a lot with that YouTube video,、uh, Critical Thinking for Children from the Foundation for Critical Thinking, and it's in multiple parts.、Um, but it's quite—I don't know—I don't know how long it might be total, maybe twenty, twenty-five minutes. But、um, it's very interesting.、Uh, another tool.、Um, I have a, a critical thinking comic book series that I developed,、um, and there's a link for that through the University of Louisville、um, Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning, which is our think tank on campus.、Um, and they、uh, they have PDFs where people can reach out and down、uh, download. Maybe they、yeah. can download it. Maybe they have to request. I'm not sure. But if teachers or if someone else just wanted those comic books, essentially the comic books.、Um, They were written by students and、uh, illustrated by students, and they were vetted by the leaders at the Foundation for Critical Thinking for content and for processes. And what essentially the comic books teach people to do、um, is use the critical thinking methods by a color-coded system. So the comic books have a、um, you know a day in the life of a college student, a young college student trying to figure out if he should study or go to a party, something like that.、Um, they have different situations. And then they have a color coding system that helps students look back at the actual、um, at the actual theory, which is color coded in the front of the book, and so they can relate the situation happening on a particular comic book page to the critical thinking theory、um, that、um, is in another part of the book, and then they can make those connections. Uh, sort of on their own, so people can teach themselves critical thinking. Younger readers, I mean, it's really geared toward high school, early college, that kind of thing. Younger readers could help that.、Um, a third,、uh, a third thing I would just mention. Yeah, actually, just、um, just to repeat it, your comic book is called Adventures in Critical Thinking. Yeah, and can be found on your website, right? Yeah. Louisville Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning is the place. Also, if people go to my LinkedIn page, I'm pretty sure there's a link there to it. Also, but that would just take you to the Delphi Center, and they might need to request to get the comic books. But I think we have six comic books that are just ready to go. Like you can take them to a publisher and just print them. Yeah, definitely. Like later, maybe I will follow up to get the links of these, and then we will link it on our website too. Yeah. 
the, the only the third thing I would just mention is is the work of my colleague. Uh, her name is Carmen Polka, um, and um, you can get information about Carmen again through the Foundation for Critical Thinking. Uh, she does great work with very early education. Uh, she herself is an early ed teacher, so kindergarten, first grade. Uh, second grade in that range and she's done a lot of work and has published some of her research um, I think her dissertation may be out also at this point um, that talks about using critical thinking with very young children in an educational setting and also at home um, and I just I don't know how much public work like sort of non-academic work she's really done at this point um, but um, but if people wanted to reach out to her through the Foundation for Critical Thinking um, and, and maybe look up some of her um, academic work. I think that there's a wealth of information there about how to apply critical thinking to um, very young uh, childhood thinking. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of my own case, um, I found being a parent to be super challenging, um, you know, to kind of, kind of not give in all the time and um, maybe just not, uh, you know, try to develop a good relationship with the child or something like that. Um, so that was, that, that was, that took a lot of work. And I, I do the same thing with my students that I do with my son, which is as I, as I bring these structures out sort of often and implicitly, I also turn them back around on myself so that my son became very good by the time he was 14, 15, became very good at criticizing me with the same tools um, when it was appropriate, sometimes when not, but I mean, that's how we learn. And um, certainly I had to learn to take that and own that and, and help him recognize when he'd done a good job and actually identifying some poor thinking that I'd done. And maybe I could walk through that and explain that. And a lot of, man, a lot of parents don't want to do that at all. Um, but that's absolutely what I think has been very valuable for my family, raising my son, just sort of across my family. Um, we're good at looking at our thinking and agreeing when we've done poor thinking. Sometimes it's not great. Uh, sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it's... Um, it's embarrassing, but that's the whole point. I mean, we're all flawed thinkers and we're all selfish thinkers. And if we don't try to check that stuff with explicit moves, then how will it get checked? I mean, how in the world would we do that on our own? And Definitely. so um, I encourage parents just to do that work. And even if it's only something like, hey, let's think about our assumptions today, or hey, what about. Um, what about these other points of view? Let's think about those. Or, you know, what information are we using? What questions could we ask? I mean, just really basic things like these. How do we check the accuracy? How do we know if this is true or not? Maybe for mm -hmm. slightly older kids, you know, what would it look like to go a little deeper? How do you take the logic apart? These kinds of things, just to do that with kids about things they care about. Yeah. Relatable, be relatable to whatever they care. Yeah, definitely, yeah. wrap up yeah around our topic is you also have a weekly radio show yeah brian right so it's called critical thinking for everyone so first tell us a little bit about that and then um I, we would love to get some recommendations on books you know like or other resources that you have for even just parents alone yeah because i know you are a scholar so you probably read a lot of books that are pretty in-depth yeah about critical thinking so so we would love to learn more about that too yeah 
Okay, I can give you a couple of things. Um, let's see, so critical thinking for everyone. We're on a, a public access radio station in Louisville, Kentucky. It's called uh, Forward Radio. Um, if you're in the Louisville, uh, Louisville, Kentucky area, you can listen to us three times a week. We're an hour-long radio show. In terms of resources, uh, the, the basic book to get into Foundation for Critical Thinking material is the Miniature Guide to Critical Thinking Concepts and Tools. Um, the eighth edition is just out this year. Um, that's the one people should get. It has, I think, 43 pages. Um, it is relatively small. It's, uh, it's, it's just barely pocket-sized. Um, and uh, it gives 90% gives of the critical thinking theory basics, like, like introduction, like a one or, one or two or three-page introduction to different nuggets of critical thinking theory that people can pick up and use immediately. They're not gimmicky. They're not jargony. They're not anything people have to pay for. Um, other books, I mean, there are just really so many. I, I tell you, one that I like a great deal um, is something called um, How to Think About Weird Things. Um, mm. So that's, that's from Michael Shermer, um, skeptic.com. He's, um, he has a nice, um, a nice Ted talk by the same title. Uh, or I think it's actually called why people, maybe it's why people think about it. Anyway, something like that. So that's an interesting thing. We also, there are also, um, there's also a, if for people who want to have, an application uh, of critical thinking theory that's um, oriented towards children that really emphasizes the um, intellectual empathy angle, um, intellectual humility, that kind of thing. There's a really interesting book that um, the president of the Foundation for Critical Thinking, Linda Elder, uh, put out. Um, it's called uh, something, maybe it's Fran and the Community Cats, something like that. But it's a, it's on our website, and it's a, it's a book about, um, about cats that are feral, living in a community, and how people can interact with them. Um, it's a very interesting uh, exploration of that particular, you know, sort of micro social problem and how people can do thinking, especially how children can do thinking around something like that. And it's very applicable. Um, so that might be something else for people to look at. Just again, for, for very young readers, for very old readers, there's a, a critical thinking anthology written by Richard Paul, which is available for free um, if you download the chapters one at a time at criticalthinking.org. And it is absolutely the deepest dive you'll ever get. Um, it's called um, Critical Thinking, um, What People Need to Survive in a Rapidly Changing World, I'm pretty sure. So anyway. So I don't have all my documents in a row, but they're, yes. all, they're all really close to what I said. And I can follow up with you about links later. Definitely, definitely. And it's already amazing that you remember all of the all of these, yeah, including the eight method in your mind. Yeah, that you can, you know, spit it out anytime. That is amazing. Yeah, to hear. Well, that's yeah. what we're because again, it's supposed to be thinking about our thinking while we're thinking. And that does that does require a certain a certain upfront commitment to getting to becoming aware of the structures that we already have. Cause I would say that everybody can identify that stuff. It's just that we just don't know that it's there. It's, it's like any number of, of aspects of our humanity. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really amazing to hear that, and and I think、um, by talking to you, I can tell like there are a lot of you know thinkings going on、um, just by by asking one question for you, which I I really like the depth you know that you dive into each one of the aspect. Yeah, and and I hope really people can get you know by listening to this episode that they can really learn a lot about critical thinking, including all the resources that you just shared. Yeah, and I will for sure、uh, follow up with the email and. Anything that you have mentioned in this podcast, including the books, links, and and any YouTube videos and stuff, I would love to link it to our you know like blog and website so that people can find it easily as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do I, I don't know. I'm sure that you're way out of time, but can I mention one more thing? Yes, definitely. Yep. I just want to mention. You know, we talked briefly about the martial arts connection. I just want to yes, mention. Yes. Yes. Yeah.、Um, I practice traditional Japanese jujitsu.、Um, it's、uh, one of the One of the、uh, sort of very old Japanese martial arts called Hontai Yoshinryu, and、um, it is.、Uh, I've been doing it for about thirty years, and、um, you know, it is a. It is not a system that's based in competition. It's a system that's based in learning principles and applying them、um, to situations, and it's it's as mental as it is physical,、um, and、uh, it's been a real. It's been a really interesting place through the years to hone my thinking because. Um, the problems in something like jujitsu or other martial arts—I mean, they can be dealt with in a number of ways, and, and one of those ways is by by thinking them through. And that's、uh, those stories are available in, in in a lot of traditions. And I'm just、uh, I'm really happy. It's been very enriching in my life to have this art form that I've been able to practice and sort of be creative with, and to have a lot of camaraderie with around the world,、um, and also be able to use it to improve aspects of my thinking and to help other people do the same thing. So I just want to encourage people to really, whatever physical activities you're involved in,、um, the thinking there can really be profound, and, and you can get a lot of good life lessons out of doing those activities if you're thinking about your thinking while you're doing them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators podcast at peachandplumlab.com.